You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and I'm your host Jason Cook and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and if you're listening in Tassie you can catch us again at 4.30pm every weekday. Now it's a Monday and who do we have on Monday? David Leo. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday David. Here. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I'm a bit cold. Yeah. But, uh, in any case... I'm well, thank you. That's good. It's been uh, windy, rainy and cold down here as well. We've had a a big dump of snow on Mount Wellington overnight and uh, it's looking uh, when when the clouds lift for a little bit and uh, the sun shines on the mountain it's um, it's quite spectacular. So Mm, but quite cold. Feels like about three degrees here. Yeah, so, stay warm. Yeah. Now, David, uh, I hear you've been away for a little bit uh, at a school camp. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I work as a, um, a chaplain, I go one day a week at uh, Northwest Christian School. Shout out to the school there. And uh, we had a school camp for the year five and eight. Um, year five to eight. Sorry. Last last week, we went down to Orford, which is only an hour and a half away from where you are. And uh, we had a great time there at uh, Spring Beach uh, Youth Camp. To anybody that, if you if you work with a school or or, or a church or any organization, part of that's a great place to go camping. Mm. Um, but we were there for the week, and it was amazing. We went to the uh, Parliament House, took the kids to the Parliament House, Port Arthur, um, did some uh, sightseeing around there in Hobart, went to the museum as well, and uh, yeah, had a great time with the kids. It was, it was fantastic. You know, I was I don't know. Have you ever been to Port Arthur before? Yes, I have. Uh, it's been quite a long time since I've actually been touring around the uh, the buildings there, but uh, yeah, no, it's a fascinating place. Oh, I tell you what, it's, it's a uh, bit of an eerie place too, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's, it's left it lifted. It's left an impression on on me, that's for sure. Mm. And a couple of other kids that I I talked to, because um, the only thing I knew about Port Arthur, I remember my teen seeing the uh, tragic news, you know, on, yeah. on TV, and, and I, as a kid, because I would have been about. I've been in my early teens at the time, and I and I, and I remember thinking, "What that that happened in Australia? Yeah, you know, it, what, a, what a strange mm. thing to, you know." And and just the news played it over and over again for for a few days there mm. in uh, in Z, and uh, that's what I remember. That's what I associated Port Arthur with. Mm. Uh, I did didn't know anything about the historic site of the um you know the prison that yeah, was the there prison, and yeah. and yeah and the things that went on there. But uh, last week we got a got a good tour of it. We got to hear some stories of some prisoners, uh, a guard, and um, I don't think I've told you this before, Jason, but I, I didn't know much about Tasmania before I moved here. Mm. Uh, and the most that I knew about it, I read a book by Bryce Courtney. Um, He's well known for a book called Power of One. Yes. And he, he and I, I love reading his books because he actually takes um uh real history but puts a fictitious twist on them. Okay. He he puts um fictional characters. Yeah. And I learned from that about this, the characters um Mary Abacus and Ike Solomon. That's the name of the two characters of Potato Factory. And they actually get um they actually get taken on a ship uh, arrested and sent to Australia and they and Mary Abacus goes to to Tasmania mm. and the things that are revealed in there that's that's all I knew about Tasmania and I was quite surprised and, and thought wow I didn't know that happened in Tasmania now that I go to Port Arthur it even puts more you know more context to these things that I've read mm. and uh, even my son my 13 year old son he, he f- recently finished Oliver Twist and so he's thinking Man, you know this is this is what happens to some of the criminals 
from England. You know, stole the character I looked at, um, stole a uh, a pearl ring, and did. Seven, he was a sixteen year old. Did seven years, um, got released, came back, did another seven years. You know, yeah. and it was like wow, the, the life. My my thirteen year old said, "Dad, you know, after this trip, I'm really appreciating my life right now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thinking, yeah, and I was, I was trying to put my mind in, you know, just trying to think, how do you, what kind of life is that? You know, how do you live a life knowing you can either be a thief or join the army, or you know, mm-hmm. like that, that's all your decisions that you have, and 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 during that period of time, I just think it's really significant to what. Um, to how the gospel went out as well, you know that, that was the, that was a period of time where people started talking a lot about Jesus coming soon, and there's a there's a place called there's a place called Isle of the Dead at Port Arthur, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to go there, but um, it was described to us that on the inscriptions on their on their stones, even though they had no names, they gave them numbers. Mm. They said, "Awaiting the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ." Mm. <laughs> wow, well, is, but yeah, Port, I want to go again, you know. Mm. And, um, but uh, like you said, it was a it was eerie. Some of the history was quite dark. But um, look, you I, know, many got sent out here from uh, England um, just for very minor, minor crimes, right. and and some of those crimes were perhaps done in desperation. Like I know of people who've been sent out here for stealing a loaf of bread and yes, uh, stealing a handkerchief and things like that. So yeah, that's uh, right. And, and you could I couldn't help but think that. That was also a method of getting people to develop Tasmania and yeah. other parts of Australia. You know, well, it's effectively uh, slave labour, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I think it's really important because the guy that took the you know took us around and said that um, you know half if half of you are ta- if, if you are Tasmanians here, the one out of two chances that you are a descendant of a convict here. Mm, mm. I'm like, whoa! I know this, my you know, uh, my. Um mother is quite interested in our family tree and uh, and i don't think we are ancestors from convicts i think um we some of my ancestors came out as uh, as a free settler on on one of the boats that came out so yeah so uh, you had your you had your convicts and then you had your uh, vo- the, people that came over voluntarily didn't, that's right, didn't yeah. you mm. yeah i thought wow what an amazing history you know mm. it's, it's um and in I fact was, in fact um they they settled on the hill just over from where i live actually my uh, my ancestors they uh, on clarence plains so yeah, ah. it's, it's, it is a little bit fascinating. I haven't quite got the bug of all the family history stuff, but uh, my wife has, and uh, my mum certainly likes to look at uh, all of the historical stuff. So, Yeah, I we, find it interesting. We yeah. better get on to our program, David, um, and I just will remind our listeners, our show number, Tassie Encounters, 0488880891. We're going to have a free book offer today, and uh, today's book offer is a little bit different. We're just giving away three copies, so it'll be given away to the first three who text in the correct answer or the correct code that we give you, and uh, we'll give you more information about that free book offer a bit later. So today, uh, David, what is your title and topic, and uh, then we better get into it. It's Feeding the 4,000, and I think... uh Jason, we'll start straight away. If, if you don't mind reading um, uh, Mark one, oh, sorry, Mark eight verses one to nine. Yeah, please. sure. Yeah, and it says uh, it's titled "Jesus feeds the four thousand. In those mm-hmm. days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, "I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat." And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. 
And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full, and there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. So this is what we're going to talk about uh, this morning, Jason, Yeah. Uh, the feeding of the 4,000, and it talks about um, it talks about the people being there for three days. Three days, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Imagine being there for three days and... Uh, yeah, Jesus feeling his compassion. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Uh, You'd hope they brought of, a backpack with all their, uh, you know, food <laughs> supplies with them, but it sounds like yeah. maybe they didn't. Well, they, they may have run out, you know, they but uh, they, yeah. they, they probably intended only to stay for one day maybe. Yeah. And, and then after a while realized, you know what, we want to hang around. There must be something about Jesus that, uh, that, that they, they wanted to hear and, um, there's actually a, a parallel story to this in Matthew 15, which gives us more of an indication of what happened over those three days. And it talks about Jesus healing. It talks about him, um, uh, you know, treating all these people and, and uh, looking after their physical needs. You know, actually healing their their um, uh, you know their, their sickness. Yeah. And it appears it, you can only make sense of this. It doesn't say specifically. It doesn't actually mention uh, what happens, but. I dare say that these people hung around to hear what Jesus had to say after he had addressed their physical needs, mm. right? And I don't know about you, Jason. I don't know if there's, I don't know if you've ever hung around people that you really like being around, and time just flies just like that. And before you know it, you realize, whoa, mm. I'm hungry. You know, like you yeah, should grab something yeah. to eat. You know, <laughs> you've been too busy talking or or uh, enjoying the company of yeah. That, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a, it's an amazing thing. But um, yeah, I'm looking. Well, I really wanted to talk about. Uh, well, we'll talk in the next segment where yeah. it says that he's moved with compassion. It sounds. It's this. This whole story sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. It sounds like the, uh, the feeding of the five thousand as well. So, correct. But, uh, we'll talk a bit about that a little bit later. I think. Um, That's right. We need to go to a break and. Uh, and after the break, we'll get more into this in this study of this passage of Feeding the mm-hmm. 4,000. So, mm-hmm. This first song is Lord, I Need You by Sam Cox. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart You're the one that guides my heart Lord, I need you, oh, I need you Every hour
Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this is David Leo's program titled Encounters with Jesus. And before we mm. went to a break, we read the passage out of Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 9, and uh, it was about a story where Jesus fed 4,000 people uh, from just seven loaves and a few fish. Now, David, I think uh, there's other uh, stories or other uh, passages that talk about Jesus feeding. 5,000 men, mm. I think it says, 5,000 men, uh, which right. means there were probably uh, women and children there, which would have been maybe 10,000 people. Um, and, and at that time he fed them with five loaves and two fish. So is this the same <laughs> story? Did they just get the numbers uh, wrong? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, just uh, you said that in one sentence, you know, just you just said, yeah, perhaps it was 10,000 with five loaves and two fish. And just, man, that's you know, it just blows your mind, yeah. right? That, 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 <laughs> Just, just mention like that, but that's such a good question. That's a good question to ask because uh, the majority of scholarship writing on this um, have come to a conclusion where it is the same, uh, same story. But I don't see it that way. You know, mm. when you when you read uh, when you read straight from Mark and you read from Matthew, Matthew fifteen is the parallel uh, story to this, and Matthew 15, uh, Matthew also recalls the feeding of the five thousand. They are indeed two separate events. Yeah. Um, well, why would they record them separately, <clears throat> you know, like in the same gospel? Yeah, well, this is where I'm going to offer my, my thoughts on this. Because uh, last, last week we talked about um, the Syrophoenician, uh, Syrophoenician woman, mm-hmm. right? And 
after that story, it talks about a, a, a deaf mute, and we're talking about clean and unclean, and the Gentiles and the Jews, and uh, because it's in, in uh, chapter seven, verse um, uh, in chapter seven of of Mark, I think it's verse thirty-one, it mentions that he's still in the region of the Decapolis, mm-hmm. and the region of the Decapolis is still Gentile area, right? So the possibilities is uh, highly, it's highly likely that Jesus is not just speaking to Jews. When he was feeding the 5,000, that was exclusively a, Jew, uh, a Jewish audience. Right. It was during the feast of the Jews, and then he was speaking to the Jews. But now he's got Jews and, uh, well, there's possibly Jews and Gentiles there, mm. right? And Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And he's not just saying, I'm the bread of life for the Jews. He's saying, I'm the bread of life for everyone. Mm. Right? And I think that's, I, I believe... That's the significance of um, seeing the difference between these two incidences, these mm. two events, the feeding of the 5,000 to the Jews and the feeding of the 5,000 to Gentiles and, and Jews mm. that are, are possibly there. So, and, and we see there's a difference too. With the Jews, it was just one day. Mm. That's three days. This is three days, yeah. right? In the 5,000, it says five loaves and two fish. This one says seven loaves and a few fish. Yeah. Right. The other one says twelve baskets, and this one says seven, seven baskets. Yeah, you know that, that were left over. And um, you know, I'm, I'm not. There's a there's a retired pastor at, one, uh, at Devonport, Pastor Ray, and he's right into numerology. He's got this. He's he's spent a lot of time um, looking at numbers and what they mean in the Bible. You know, and it's not something I give attention to, but. Because of him, I was influenced to look at this and go seven and twelve. <laughs> you mm. know, seven for the Jews means a complete, a complete wholeness number, right? Mm. And uh, twelve it represents the, the tribe the of Judah and the of, yeah, yeah mm. and the kingdom of heaven. You know, mm. this this is what that that represents. And I think, oh, wow, there's probably some significance to this. But you can see there are differences in the two stories, mm. right? Another one, mean, yeah. But there's one, <clears throat> but you also see the same thing. The same thing that uh, Jesus um, gets the the loaves of bread and the few fish. In both instances, he looks to heaven and does the blessing, which yeah. is a, a customary Jewish thing. And he also gets the <clears throat> disciple. Uh, he gets the people to sit down, mm. and he gets the disciples to distribute the bread. Right. Yep. So t- twice we learn that Jesus is empowering. And starting to train his disciples. Yeah. Right? This is what he's doing. So, um, and then the other similarity is his food left over mm. and he sends them away. And one of the similarities I wanted to talk about um, in particular is the mention, because Mark 6 actually mentions this as well, that Jesus was moved with compassion. Mm. All right. It says in verse 2, I have compassion on the crowd. Yeah, have compassion yeah. on the crowd. And, and, and Mark 6, it says he has compassion on them because they are sheep without a, without a shepherd. Mm. And this one, it doesn't really give us an explanation. But, but it just like says because, s- because they've been with him three days and had nothing to eat. But Yeah. yeah. And you said, you know, <laughs> they should have bought a backpack and, <laughs> you know, made, made sure to have all their dried out food and, and mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> they, they must have had some food that they bought with them because, oh, that's another similarity. They're in a place that is um, a remote place. Yes, you know, there's not, there's, there's nowhere you can really go to. It's not a marketplace where you can just go and grab something to eat and come back again. Um, and so they, they would have come prepared, but after three days and just hanging out with Jesus and wanting to know more 
um, you know, he, he met he met their physical needs. And as I said before, I believe that just like he did in, in, with, the, with the feeding of the 5,000, he was teaching them, telling them things that they've probably never heard before. And these are words of life. Mm. And he doesn't just meet their, um, you know, he's healed them. He's, he's giving them the, what's the, what their soul is craving, you know, the things that when, I'm pretty sure you've been in those times, Jason, where you're listening to someone, right? And they're talking about life and how we should live life and you're just moved by what they're saying, mm. right? And they can be telling a truth or they can be telling a lie, but I found, I found, Jason, when people speak, when I've sat down and listened to people speaking from the Bible, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, this, it feels like this, there's this vacuum in my heart just being sealed, you know, like, it's like I'm being fulfilled with something that I've never heard before and realized, man, my life, my, my life's going to be different now. Mm. You know, because of these words that are being that I'm hearing, yeah. and uh, these people must have heard this for the first time. You know, like they, they would have been if they were like the Syrophoenician woman. They've been worshiping idols. They were taught a, t- a different narrative. They were told that you know this is this is what the meaning of life is. And now here's this man. Uh, they knew about the Jews and they knew what they practiced, but now here's this man explaining and revealing to them in simple language why the Jews do what they do and what that means and where that points to. And they're starting to go, wow, that really makes sense. You know, and this guy has just healed us. And this guy now is filled with compassion. Mm. Right, he's filled with compassion. And the word, the word compassion, I think um, I think the NIV, uh, when it came to the, the man with leprosy that, that came to came to Jesus, it says that he was indignant. And I think that's a closer a closer translation it means to be um, it means to be actually uh, disturbed or or um, annoyed you know that that this thing is happening mm. you know have you have you been moved by something like that Jason where you see a situation or see a person you think oh, I don't like this something has to be done about this yeah absolutely yeah. Your, your, your emotions when you see um, I, I hate to see injustices done <laughs> and, yeah uh, yeah Exactly, you know, I, I, <laughs> my son still still reminds me, um, <laughs> I was sorry, my wife, it's my wife, she still reminds me of this time in, in Brisbane where I was moved because I saw this, I saw this uh, couple arguing, right, it was public, you know, it, was, it was in the car park, yeah. and, it, and it, looked like the, it looked like the man was just, you know, about to hit her or just standing over her, and it didn't look right, you know, and... Um, the feeling I had in there was I, I didn't like seeing this woman getting bullied, you know. I didn't like mm. this situation that is in front of me. And, and, and just this, I believe I was moved with compassion to, I want to do something about this, you know. And um, um, I jumped out of the car and I walked over and, um, you know, said, hey, dude, you know, this, this isn't right. And uh, unfortunately, the, both of them turned on me. Mm. <laughs> they both got angry with me, but... That still didn't take away the fact that you know that 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 move that that move the compassion that something didn't look right and something has to be done about this, mm. right? I, I feel like I feel like that, and I and I give that example of what just happened was I give that because if I see that again, I could but I could think oh no nah, I'm gonna get they're gonna turn on me again so I'm not gonna do it this time, mm. right? It could be like trying to help somebody out. And then they take advantage of you, and you mm. don't have that compassion. And, and I'm making this point because I feel like this type of compassion 
is slowly diminishing from from a lot of us from from a lot of us because of the way we're treated when mm. compassion is action. Do you know what I mean, Jason? Yeah, I do. I, I, uh, uh, I'll share a, a very <clears throat> short couple of <laughs> incidences. Yeah. Um, I, I won't go into it in detail, but uh, we were travelling up in Northern Territory in Darwin, and uh, while we were there, we were just there for uh, I don't know about a week and a half. But um, while we were there, two incidents uh, occurred where we were just, you know, standing around uh, waiting for a bus or something like that, and and uh, we saw, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, a person uh, attacking, verbally attacking, you know, another person right. who was also waiting for the bus. And um, I tend to be the one who uh, stands back and watches, and uh, my wife can't do that, <laughs> and... <laughs> And she started telling this other guy to to mind his own business and stop abusing, you know, the man who – this other guy who was just standing there waiting for the bus, he didn't say a word. He handled it very well. But uh, my wife could not help herself but um, to step in and tell him <laughs> to him uh, to stop it and to go away. And, uh, and it happened again. We were just a few nights later. It was wow. in the evening where we saw – I think it was actually a couple, you know, like or or somebody who had been together in the past, and they were having a Barney in the middle of the street. And yes, yeah, so I I tend to stand back, and I and I said to my wife later, I said, look, if if the guy had have got physical, that's when I would have stepped in. But I yeah. could see that the the man was handling it really well, so uh, I was just watching, you know, observing. But uh, my wife was quick to jump in and and defend <laughs> so, yeah mm. well you, you you can't blame that for for hanging back you know because my wife's the same but you know because there's a thing about mind your own business right yeah just you know, just and, and you think oh do i mind my own business we're getting involved and, and you look at this and this is jesus that's this moves with compassion mm. because this is ne- this was never his intention when he created the world and made his children yeah right his intention was for them to be whole to to know who they were, know where they're going, know that they that he loved them with an everlasting love, and he's looking at them and realizing you have no idea, mm. you know, and 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 he's having compassion on them now. He's hungry, and Jesus says, "I want to satisfy them," mm. you know, in every way, physically, spiritually, emotionally. He's he's meeting their needs. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's what compassion. How compassion is moved. And when you know a compassion of Jesus, we learn how to be compassionate regardless of the situation. Yeah. Our next song uh, is titled Reckless Love, How He Loves Us. So uh, oh, yeah. the, the words of that are very relevant to what we're Amen. talking about. He, he loves Amen. us amazingly. Just before we go to a break, we've got a listener question here. Um, if you've been listening and you can answer this question, share your answer with us. We'd love to hear it and uh, we might share uh, that on air. Uh, how many baskets were left over after everyone had eaten what they had wanted or needed in this story in Mark chapter 8? How many baskets were left over? Text your answer to 0488 Here's Reckless Love by Anthem Lights. Reckless Love, How He Loves Us. For I spoke away. You were singing over me You've been so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You've been so, so kind to me Overwhelming 
love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Jealous for me, loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by glory, and I realize just. How beautiful you are, and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how He loves us so. Oh, how He loves us. How He loves us so. Anthem Lights with the reckless love, how he loves us. Now, just before we went to the break, we posed a question. How many baskets were left over after everyone had eaten what they had wanted? And we had three people text in an answer. Someone who I don't know the name of and two other people, Christina and Margie. And all of you got the correct answer. Seven baskets oh, well were left over. So thanks for uh, sharing with us. Uh, now, David, um, you mentioned before that uh, you know many people came to Jesus and followed him for healing, and uh, obviously they were still following him three days later. But uh, do you think they came? They got more <laughs> than they bargained for. Absolutely. You know, um, just to back up what you're, what you're asking, in uh, Matthew fifteen uh, verse thirty, 
and 31, it says, Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Mm. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed and made whole, the lame walking, and the blind singing, and this is what Matthew says, and they glorified the God of Israel. He specifies that these people glorified the God of Israel. And this again hints to me that there were Gentiles in that crowd. Yeah. Because just like the Syrophoenician woman that worships Jesus and is convinced that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, right? She's a Gentile worshiping Jesus. Mm. And, and, and Matthew indicates, yeah, worshiping Israel, uh, worshiping the God of Israel. And, and so did they get more than they bargained for? Yeah. I think as soon as they saw this healing, that made them think, whoa, who was this guy? And so they hung around mm. and listened to Jesus' teachings. Mm. And, uh, you know, could you imagine if they, they, they uh, these parables that Jesus spoke to the Jews, uh, I always wonder, how did he, how did he speak parables to the Gentiles? How did he make them, you know, what, what kind of things did he say to them that made them realize this Jewish rabbi, as they would probably have identified him as, or this Jewish teacher with authority, cares for us mm. you know he has compassion on us he actually you know when he says i'm the bread of life that i come to satisfy your every need it's not just not just the um the jews that he's teaching but he's now creating a reputation in the gentile area that he's looking to teach them and bring wholesomeness to the gentiles as well mm. you know and so as we we're talking about before we we're talking about um you know is, is this the same as the five thousand? You know, we we learn from the similarities in these two stories that he has no favoritism. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Jews were chosen as his messengers, yeah. But his compassion, his mercy, his everything, his love. You know, everything he has, it's he he loves all of them just the same. You know, it's, were you going to say something, Jason? Yeah, I was. It's it's um, it's a lesson for us in terms of compassion. Oh, but wow. uh, it, it makes me think of Desmond Doss and uh, the the Hacksaw Ridge movie and the book uh, that goes along with that as well. Where you know he he spent time in his um, army uh, group. What do you call it? You know his his um, platoon squadron platoon, <laughs> whatever you call it. Where he was abused and he was treated very badly, and yet uh, when it came to the day when um, when there was the battle on the top of Hacksaw Ridge, that uh, he saved so many people and, and many of those who had previously abused him, and yet he had compassion on them and saved their lives. And you know, it's it's amazing how you know Jesus demonstrates this. It's a different story. It's a different example here, but it it just it just. Uh, it makes me think about I need to have more compassion. It's actually one of my weaknesses, I think. <laughs> mm. Well, uh, I think not just you, Jason. I think we do live in a time, as I said, you know, um, we're, we're more we're more uh, educated and informed of people that will take advantage of our com- of our compassion. Yeah, and so that makes you reluctant to exercise yeah, compassion yeah. Yeah, if somebody's going to, you know, ex- exploit that, you know. And so, this is why it's so amazing um, that as as Christians or followers of Jesus Christ, he encourages us to be compassionate. And then you think, well, what if the couple turns on you and blows you up? And what if you know, and starts telling you off for inter- intervening or 
um, the guy at the bus could have said, you know, to, to Alana, hey, listen, it's none of your business, stay out of it. You know, you know they, they would discourage someone from acting out in, com- in compassion. You know, one of the funniest yeah. things, my, 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 my son, he, uh, he, he has, he's always, I'm talking about the oldest one, he's always been, had this compassionate side of him. And he's bigger now. You've seen him, Jason. He's taller than me now. Yeah. And um, his shoulders have got a bit wider. And uh, he saw an old woman in, in town one time that was struggling with her, her uh, pushing her trolley. And he went, oh, sorry, carrying your bags. She was carrying bags. And, Ur- and Uriah ran over to say, hey, can I help you, ma'am? And she, she was startled. You know, no, no, please leave me alone. And he said, no, I'm, I'm trying to help. Mm. <laughs> but just the appearance of him, you know, and, and he came back and he was like, dad, that woman thought I was going to steal her bags. You know? mm. <laughs> but I said, well, don't be discouraged, son. You know, keep exercising that. Mm. You know, but, um, and, and, and Jesus, this, this, com- this un, what's, what's the word? He doesn't show any favoritism in his compassion. Mm. You know, all, all of God's creation, all of his children, he loves just the same, you know, and and, and just uh, and, and and like I said, I, I believe that the the fact that Gentiles are there, this is the significant difference, and I believe he's teaching a lesson to both Gentiles and Jews that it doesn't matter who you are and where you're from. This is how my this is how my message is going to be. Mm. This is how I, you know, I, I'm, 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 he's breaking those barriers and those walls that have been around for so long during that time and I dare say it's you know, we have wars today you know we tribalism is well alive when I say tribalism I mean um, let's say for example I've, I've got a, I've got a great example right now you know with the COVID-19 and the vaccinations there's arguments on both sides mm. you know um, saying we're well informed about vaccination others say I'm not going to get vaccinated for blah 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 and, and there's these and so you can get into the tribe of the non- uh, the ones that don't want to be vaccinated and the ones that are, are vaccinated, and it becomes a tr- tribal warfare. Mm. You know, if you don't belong to my tribe, you know, we're going to... And so these walls, we create these walls, and I tell you what, <clears throat> media is great at creating those walls. Absolutely. And, and, and we, we get caught up in that type of stuff, and, and Jesus is trying to say, hey, regardless of your walls and where you stand and whatever, I'm still, you're still precious in my sight. I will still love you with an everlasting love. I still care about your physical needs. I care about your spiritual needs. And I'm telling you, I'm the only person, the only one in this whole world that can satisfy your every need. Mm. So you can, you can, you can post to your heart's content and you can research to, I love that word research to your heart's content. (laughs) And, uh, you can do all these things as, as, you know, and and try and fulfill your life somehow with, with some meaning and purpose. But I'm telling you, the only one that can fulfill that meaning and purpose is Jesus Christ himself. Mm. Right? And so you, you're going to have to come to him. Yeah. Um, I mean. that, that's where you're going to find where that, uh, what is it? it's Lamentations 3.11, I think. I hope someone can look that up and confirm. Lamentations 3.11 says that God has created eternity in our hearts. You know, Eternity in our hearts. Our hearts will always crave and desire this fulfilling that God has put there because he's the only one that belongs there. You know, ah, and, and Jesus makes that um, makes that statement to the Gentiles. I will fulfill your every need too. You know, don't don't ever think for a second because you're not a Jew that you cannot come to me. Mm. Amen. You, you can come to me too. Yeah. We're going to go to another break, uh, but before we do, the book offer for today is called Signs to Life. 
I'll give you the number again, 0488880891. And immediately after this next song, which really, uh, really reinforces that message you've been uh, talking about. It's called All You'll Ever Need. Um, mm. And uh, after that break, we'll give you the code. And I'll just tell you a little bit more about the book, Signs to Life. It's Reading and Responding to John's Gospel by Kendra Valentine. Signs to Life offers a unique way of reading the stories of Jesus. Its seven miracles, called Signs, give valuable insights into the identity and mission of Jesus, helping John's first readers and contemporary readers to respond more fully to Jesus' invitation to a life abundant. Now, we've just got three copies of that to give away today, three copies of Signs to Life, and uh, I've just told you what that's about. After the break, we will give you the code, and it'll be it'll go out to the first three people who text in the correct code. So let's have a listen to All You'll Ever Need by Andrew Peterson. The blood of Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. It can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need But of Jesus, it is like the leper's river Running humble with a power you cannot see Seven times go under, let the water wash you clean Only go down to the Jordan and Jordan
Peterson with All You'll Ever Need. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're talking with David Leo this morning, mm. particularly about the compassion that Jesus has for us. Mm. Now, just before the break, we promised a code to this book. The first three people to text in with the correct code, Signs to Life is the book, and the number is 0488880891. Get your phones ready. And the code to text in is LOGOS number 5. That's L-O-G-O-S and the number 5, no spaces, and uh, text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one L O G O S and the number five no spaces. So the first three will receive that book, Signs to Life. Now, David, uh, we did have somebody text in about our discussion, and mm-hmm. uh, this is Christina. And Christina just says, just a comment on intervening in people's arguments, especially when somebody needs defending. Recently, a friend's son's best mate did this, and the guy turned on him, chased him and her, and ran him off the road in his car. He was (laughs) killed. Very, very sad. I think these days we have to be careful because people use crazy drugs and they don't respond to reason. It's very hard. We need to pray hard for guidance and God's intervention. And uh, she then uh, says, thanks for a great Bible study and discussion. So, yeah, you wanted to respond to that. Christina, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Christina, for writing. You know, I'm really sorry to hear about um, that. That's 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 an awful uh, consequence to trying to help somebody out. You know, they moved with compassion to help someone out. Someone out, and that's exactly what we're referring to, isn't it? You know, where you exercise compassion and you're punished for it. And this ended up with somebody's life, and that's um, that's a terrible consequence. And it's 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 uh, it's what Christina said is similar to. you know, well, it relates to what I was saying before, how we're discouraged to mm. show compassion. You know, mm. well, we might be moved with compassion, mm. but, you know, compassion is not complete until you actually action it. Uh, well, that's the biblical version of it. And it's similar to something I heard when I was in Brisbane the last time I was up there with the family. I, I went to, you know, to celebrate my niece's 21st and um, did the baptism there. And uh, something I heard on the news that there was a thing that was happening where, um, somebody would come out and, and stop a car and say, need some help, you know, in the middle of the night. Yeah. And this particular person, um, other cars would just take off because they know what's going on. But mm. this particular car, just a man who has a family, uh, stopped to help out this uh, young person that needed help. And three others got involved and this person lost his life, mm. you know. And that's the type of news that goes, oh, maybe yeah. maybe I shouldn't exercise compassion. Yeah. But... Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm certainly not asking everyone, hey, listen, be a martyr and go out there and exercise compassion and lose your life. That's definitely not something that happened. And these, there are unfortunate incidences, but uh, I, I still think that Christ is teaching us um, to still, you know, when you're moved with compassion, mm. to, 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 to help people, you know. And, um, and I'm not asking anyone to lose your life, but Jesus did. I think what yeah, yeah, I, I think what Christine is saying here is that you know we need to pray for guidance, absolutely God's intervention. And I think sometimes, you know, there are people who, and I'm I'm one of these people. I generally don't pick up hitchhikers, um, but on the odd occasion, something convinces me to uh, to do that. And uh, I think sometimes uh, that's where we need that guidance, isn't it? To to, to know. Yeah. Well, with a, know, being a follower of Christ, that's the first thing you need to do, isn't it? Mm. Is just, just ask the question, Lord, what do I need to do? I'm moved now. Mm. You've put on my heart. You've moved me with compassion. What do I need to do now? Yeah, you know. And I, I remember one time in Brisbane, sitting at the train station, and um, 
I saw this, I saw this woman and she just looked flustered, you know, like she did. And, and I was on, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to her because she was on the other side of the tracks. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I remember saying a prayer then. I was like, Lord, what do I do? That woman looks really, she, she looks disturbed, like mm. stressed. You know, I don't know if she's late for work or something else has happened. And you know, she wasn't on the phone or anything. And she just happened to look my way and I just smiled. It's just like a good morning smile. And she stopped and she smiled back. Mm. And I thought, oh, that was enough. Mm. You know, that was enough to, you know, and, and her her movements to calm down, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, that was, <laughs> that's that's all that needed to get done. And, and I, um, but yeah, it's certainly, you know, the, those uh, Christina's advice is certainly, um, and what you just mentioned, definitely, you know, for Christ followers, ask God. What do mm. I do in this situation? Mm. And like you said, you've been moved times to say, oh, I'll pick, pick up the hitchhiker. And um, mm. you know, I don't know if you've ever been hurt in any of those, in those experiences I, where you picked no, them up, I, Jason? I've never been hurt. I've, I've always been protected. But, ah, but I, I, I've, yeah. I've always, uh, generally speaking, played it safe. But just occasionally there are times, and, and it's the same thing if there's a car stopped on the side of the road, occasionally uh, something convicts me to, to stop and and to help, but uh, other times I feel no, everything's under control. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like being. I don't like feeling like I'm like that story, of the Good Samaritan, with the people just walking past and ignoring. Oh yeah, the guy on the side of the road. You know, that, that, <laughs> that's a, that's um, a great parable. Yeah, it, it's re- it's relevant to this because you know the the enemy of the of the Samaritan. It was wasn't it? Uh, no, he was the Samaritan, and it was yeah. A, and he was the one that ended up helping. Yeah, and he was effectively an enemy of the person, but he helped because he he had compassion on the guy. Yeah, and I think mm. yeah, that, that's um, you know c- compassion is something that uh, that I, I think is something that really needs to keep to be taught and to be nourished and mm. to be um, you know, don't, let's not lose the 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 thought and the idea that the person that you're looking at or the person that is or the persons that are involved. Are humans, mm. you know, th- you know, and all of us. We want to be loved. We want to love somebody, you know. We um, we want to know that we're valued and cared for, and you can see that throughout this whole story. That mm. that's what Jesus is doing, right? He's he's making people, and that's why I love. Um, that's why I wanted to go with this this program title of encounters with Jesus, because yeah. anybody that encountered Jesus, anyone that Jesus spoke to, or um, uh, you know, or, or just touched or whatever these people never left the presence of jesus changed mm. you know they always they they once they were away from jesus they knew that they were different people that they knew they were in the presence of someone that really cared for them that loved them and they felt valued in their presence right and i and i believe this is something that christ followers need to do and i think he's doing this with the disciples by telling them he's done it twice now with the five thousand he said you go distribute the food you know, in the feeding of the four thousand, you go distribute the food. He's starting to equip them for what they're they're going to be doing when he's gone. Mm. And when people come to the presence of the disciples, well, guess what? They're going to feel like they've just encountered what it means to be valued and to be loved, just like Jesus did. And are Christ followers still around today? Yeah, I probably, I believe so, and yeah. I believe this is our this is what we're supposed to do. This is our our job. Right? Mm. This is our our, our calling. Mm. We've, we've, we've been fulfilled all our needs have been fulfilled mm. and now freely you have received freely, freely give. give yeah now freely give this is what we're supposed to be doing you know and um 
and it's uh, and there, obviously there are risks. You know, there are, there are thing there are risks to being a Christ follower, mm. and um, compassion. Yeah. Is 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 something that uh, I, I think that Jesus is trying to teach us to do this, and as Christina said, uh, in the time that we're living in, do it with caution. Mm. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, David, uh, we're coming to the end of our program. Is there anything uh, else you want to share? Is there any key takeaway that you want to share before we finish up? I think I just said it. I think yeah, um, yeah we've we've been showing compassion. Yeah. Um, and we need to do the same, and uh, you know, don't be don't be discriminative with your compassion. Mm. <laughs> do it to all, just like Jesus did. Yeah, yeah. But but take caution and pray for guidance, as uh, Christina said. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, uh, just a reminder: we've uh, still got one book left to give away. Oh. Logos Five. We've, Send the we've text, given get away the book. two, but there's one left. So now's your chance to get in to pick up yes. the book, Signs to Life which is a, uh, a book that's going to help you read John's Gospel and understand it better. And uh, we encourage you to text in Logos number 5 to 0488880891. Now, next week, uh, what have you got for us next week on your program next Monday, David? Uh, walking Trees. We're looking at the blind man who, um, who Jesus heals. Yeah. And that's, that's further into the chapter... Of chapter eight, uh, but we'll be talking about his encounter with Jesus. Yeah, so walking trees, and uh, if you're wondering what that means, well, you, perhaps you can read the uh, Matthew chapter eight and a bit later in from where we are today. But um, there is a, a a reason why David's called it walking trees. So. Uh, a bit of an, an intrigue there. So, and tomorrow mm. we've got Gary Webster with his uh, program, "The Man Who <coughs> Saved the World from Extinction." And when, when he told me that title, I thought, "Yeah, that sounds like Jesus." It's not. He's talking about <laughs> something else. So, uh, Gary Webster with his series "Lifetime Search: The Man Who Saved the World from Extinction." I'm keen to learn what he's talking about, and uh, that'll be with uh, Tabitha tomorrow and Gary Webster. So, David, I appreciate your study this morning. We've had uh, lots of people uh, also communicate with us, and it's been a great study. And oh, thank uh, you to those. Yeah, always love to hear hear from everyone. Yeah. And yeah. maybe may we pray that we have more compassion to people. Yes, we're going to go yeah. out with "The Way He Loves Me" by Kate Hollingsworth. We hope you have a great day wherever you are. Well, I like the way you love. Me, I enjoy the freedom He gave to me, and I delight in His presence as He sings over me. I love to be loved by my Thank you.